Today in Business from Wired. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Fifty Years Later, We Still Don't Grasp the Mother of All Demos by Clint Finley Fifty years ago today, Doug Engelbart showed 2,000 people a preview of the future. Engelbart gave a demonstration of the online system at the Fall Joint Computer Conference in San Francisco on December 9, 1968. The online system was the first hypertext system, preceding the web by more than 20 years, But it was so much more than that. When Engelbart typed a word, it appeared simultaneously on his screen in San Francisco and on a terminal screen at the Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park. When Engelbart moved his mouse, the cursor moved in both locations. The demonstration was impressive not just because Engelbart showed off Google Docs-style collaboration decades before Google was founded. It was impressive because he and his team at SRI's Augmentation Research Center had to conceive of and create nearly every piece of technology they displayed, from the window-based graphical interface to the computer mouse. It made the interaction with the machine almost compelling. It was intimate, says Don Nielsen, a retired SRI engineer and executive who wrote a history of SRI called Heritage of Innovation. Up till then, unless you were a programmer, you didn't spend much time in front of a terminal or a teletype or whatever the medium. You can draw a line from the technologies introduced at the mother of all demos, as Wired writer Stephen Levy dubbed the event in his book Insanely Great, to the Internet, the Web, Wikipedia, the Macintosh, Microsoft Windows, Google Docs, and a host of other technologies that dominated daily life by the time Engelbart died in 2013. To Engelbart, his work was never about the technology itself, but about helping people work together to solve the world's biggest problems. I don't believe that, as he looked around, that he thought, oh, I had a hand in that, says Nielsen. He would say, they still don't understand me. It's not hard to see why people didn't understand. 
Engelbart concluded the 1968 presentation by explaining what he believed he had demonstrated. It's an augmentation system that's provided to augment computer system development, he says. And beyond that, we're also hoping that we're developing quite a few design principles for developing our augmentation systems. And these, I hope, are transferable things. In other words, he wasn't presenting a collection of hardware and software, but a system for developing hardware and software, a system that ideally could be useful in other endeavors. He was demonstrating a way of working. Engelbart founded the Augmentation Research Center in the early 1960s with an eye towards helping humanity tackle its biggest problems, such as poverty, disease, and the effects of war, his daughter Christina Engelbart says. To solve those problems, Engelbart believed humanity needed new ways of working. Man's population and gross product are increasing at considerable rate, but the complexity of his problems grows still faster, and the urgency with which solutions must be found becomes steadily greater, he wrote in his 1959 paper, Augmenting Human Intellect. He believed that computers would be an important part of enhancing human abilities, but he also believed technology needed to be part of a systemic approach to problem-solving and collaboration. Engelbart believed people should focus on creating feedback loops to improve their own effectiveness, explains Jeff Rolofson, the computer scientist who developed much of the software on display at the mother of all demos. The idea was to create tools and then use those tools to improve the tools, Rolofson says. Instead of making the tool once, it would be continually improved based on the experiences of its users. As the tools improve, they make it possible to make new, more useful tools. Engelbart called the approach bootstrapping, named for the bootstrap circuit in radar systems. The Augmentation Research Center team put the bootstrapping idea into practice. They used the online system to build the online system, learning what did and didn't work as they went. That was the group's real purpose. At the event in 1968, Engelbart didn't just show off the mouse and hypertext documents as cool. He, Rolofson, and fellow Augmented Research Center engineer Bill Paxton demonstrated how the team used the hypertext system to collaborate. What we're saying, we need a research subject group to give them these tools, put them to work with them, study them, and improve them, Engelbart said during the demo. We'll do that by making ourselves be the subject group and studying ourselves and making the tools so that they improve our ability to develop and study these kinds of systems and to produce in the end this kind of system discipline. Engelbart's ideas no longer seem so out there thanks to management philosophies like lean manufacturing and agile software development that encourage companies to make continuous improvements to their products and processes. Open-source software is perhaps one of the purest embodiments of the Engelbart philosophy. Open-source developers from around the world, often from competing companies, collaborate to build the tools they use to build more tools that they use to solve complex problems, such as building artificial intelligence systems. But the struggles of the open-source community also expose some of the limitations to Engelbart's thinking. Making tools to solve complex problems can create new problems, and tools can be used in ways the creators might not have intended. Facebook used open-source software to build a web application capable of serving more than 2 billion people. Now it stands accused of enabling bad actors to foment hate, divide societies, and manipulate elections. Meanwhile, the National Security Agency is using some of those same open-source tools as part of its surveillance efforts.
In other words, bad actors can continuously improve too. Just as environmental activists can get better at trying to raise awareness of global warming or creating sustainable alternatives to fossil fuels, the fossil fuel industry can get better at convincing the public that global warming doesn't exist or find better ways to extract oil and gas. Christina Engelbart, now the executive director of the Douglas Engelbart Institute, says her father was well aware of this issue and believed it was important for good people to get better as quickly as possible. He used to call it a race, she says. She says her father was pleased with the development of the lean manufacturing methodology and the earlier total quality management, but he wanted to see those ideas applied everywhere, not just manufacturing and product development. To that end, the Institute will host a series of events beginning Sunday that aim to help people finally understand Engelbart. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.